morning. Next Saturday, 24th. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Good to see everybody. Hallelujah. Well, we got a few of us here today. Here? That's right. Here I am, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. That's all right. They're just going to miss out on all the good information. And the internet is in and out, so don't even try to log into it. Just, just leave your phone. Like, like that screen says, please silence your phone. Please silence your phone. Yeah, look at all y'all. That is so sad. I'm just saying right now. All y'all grabbing your phones, man. Listen, I was at a meeting one time where the person sat there and made a big deal about everybody silencing their phone, and then the guy's phone went off. <laughs> That's the greatest. I love those. I love those. Jesus. Well, that's okay. When, when I worked for a cell phone company, I used to, have a, I used to give a class every Thursday. Uh, you know, cell phones were fairly new at the time, so every Thursday I would have this class teaching people how to use their phone. And I had this one gentleman that he was there every week for like two months, and I kept telling him, I said, man, you, you don't have to come this much. He said, oh, I do. He said, I, I learn one thing a week, it seems like. I said, okay, if you, you know, if that's what you're getting. So, but hey, listen, grab your bulletin. There is some good information in there that you need to know about. Whoa. Hallelujah. All right. The very first thing that's coming up is this Saturday. Say next Saturday. Say that. Yeah, this Saturday. Next Saturday. Yeah, it's, it's the next one on the calendar. Saturday coming. I'm just I'm trying to tell you in five different ways, so maybe we'll catch one of them. That's October the 24th. We're going to be here at 8 o'clock, and we're going to be doing some work stuff. And there will be some food involved, we're sure. But uh, uh, Pastor Brother Chip back there, according to Tommy Tenney, uh, he's got a sign-up sheet. And uh, if, you're, if you're wanting to come help, please sign up so we know how many people we have, so we can make sure we have enough work for everybody. Uh, I mean, enough food for everybody. Uh, both of them, really. But, uh, yeah, October 24th at 8 a.m., I think is what we said. We're, we're going to work on putting an awning out there. We have all the metal. We... You know, we have people that know how to do that kind of stuff. We just need some people to help and clap and, you know, supervise. Uh, but we have some other things we want to do. And if we can get enough people to be able to come, we've got some other things we want to do. Uh, I won't work you that hard, maybe. Uh, we'll see. But, uh, yeah. So make sure you sign up back there so that we know how many people are coming, so we can know how many, how many things we can get done that day and how much food to bring. Amen. Uh, also, October the 31st is coming up very quickly. It's right around the corner. And I ain't talking about Halloween. I'm not talking about tricking and treating and all that kind of mess. No, I'm talking about Revival Weekend. Uh, we're going to have evangelist Pastor Donnie Flippo here with us, uh, my former pastor. And uh, he's going to be here that weekend for us. So Saturday at 5 and again Sunday at 10, we're going to be here rocking and rolling, having a good time. So guess what? Don't go trick or treat. Bring your kids to church. Let them come in here and worship and get in the presence of God. They'll, they'll get a treat, not a trick. So, you know. Come to church, invite your friends, tell everybody about it. We're going to be in here on Saturday at 5 and again Sunday. And uh, also, if you'll see in there that it's New Life Thanksgiving Celebration is coming quickly around the corner. Next week, we will have a sign-up sheet out there. Here's how we're doing it this year for the COVID season. Can I tell you I'm post-COVID? Yeah, I am past it. Okay. Yeah, Jesus. But we still need to be careful. And that's what we're doing. So, so me and the, and, and the guys, we, we really met and put our heads together. And out of that, a good thought came forth. I don't know who brought it up, but it's a great thought. We're going to do plate lunches for Thanksgiving meal. So we're going to have some, uh, 
I'm not going to say because if it changes, y'all get mad at me. We're going to have some stuff in the plate lunch for you. And, uh, and so here's, here's how we're doing it, though. We're going to have a sign-up sheet, and one person in the household signs up and just tell us how many people are going to be here, okay? And we're going to have if you're staying here or if you're going to take them to go. Some people may still feel uncomfortable, right, because we're going to have it in the back. We're going we're gonna to get it all together. They may feel uncomfortable staying here. So we'll have your plate lunch for you because we're going to have Panorama Foods do this so that we're not all cooking and somebody be sick and, you know, turn. So Panorama Foods is preparing all of it for us. And uh, we're going to have those that are staying and those that are going. Now, please don't say I need 10 and only one person show up. Right? If you're getting five meals, bring five people. Now, there are some exceptions to that. You know, we, we understand that. But talk to me about the exceptions because you know what will happen. Deborah going to come get 10 plates. No, not Deborah. But, but you all understand. So we're going to have that sheet out there for the next few weeks so we can sign up. Because also what that will let us do is spread some tables out by family for people that are together. So that we can at least have a um, semblance of safety. I don't know what we'll call it. But yeah, so we're still going to have Thanksgiving meal. But this is the way we're doing it to try to keep people as safe as possible. So um, we're not going to have seven turkeys like we normally do and 20 different types of green beans and Five desserts, or, well, we never have five desserts. It's more like about ten. But, um, yeah, so it'll be more stripped-down meal, but we're still going to get to fellowship. Amen. Whew. Okay. So did I get everything? I don't even remember, man. My God. Uh, don't forget to vote. Vote. Don't vote twice. That's illegal, but vote. Go early and vote. So, but make sure you vote, because like I've told you before, if you don't vote, I don't want to hear a complaint. You've got no voice to complain if you don't vote. That's how we complain. So uh, a lot of good men and women have died to give us the ability and the right to vote in this country. So let's go vote. Let's do our constitutional duty. So, hey, listen, we've got our memory verse in here this week, too, of Colossians 3.20. Where's all my kids? Raise your hand. Okay, I got a few of them. This is for y'all. Y'all listening? Listen, real good. It's Colossians 3.20. Y'all want to help me memorize? You going to memorize this one? Okay, it says, children, obey your parents. It's in the Bible. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Children, obey your parents. My mama's version of that was, boy, I, took you, I brought you into this world, I'll take you out. That was her version of that verse. Uh, <laughs> or was that spare the rod? I don't remember, but... Children, obey your parents. See, that's biblical. See, when you obey, you're, you're following what the Word of God teaches. Thank you for raising your hand. So, amen. I have no idea if I forgot anything. Did I forget anything else? I don't remember. Jesus. It's just been one of those mornings. Can I tell you all that? Internet has been in and out the entire time. Computer loses its displays. And all of our stuff is online. We're trying to move songs. And songs didn't work when we were practicing them, so we're trying to change. And we add songs, but we can't add them because the Internet's in and out, in and out, in and out. Jesus. Hallelujah. That's what I said. Not today, devil. Not today. Not today. Jesus, we're going we're gonna to worship today, and we're going to have fun worshiping. Amen. Listen, we have, we have people in our church that we need to make sure we uh, keep in prayer. I, I know most of you probably saw it on Facebook, or if not, Beverly's page or Lori's page. Uh, and, and so just for those that don't know, this is Lori's daughter's daughter's husband. Right. I, what I, yeah, I was going to say that next. Lori's granddaughter's husband. 
Yeah, when you're not from here and you don't know all these connections, and, and so Beverly's granddaughter's husband was killed in an accident, so please be praying for the family because it's very tough on them right now, and, and they haven't even made all the, the arrangements, and so uh, please be praying for them. Shade was his name. Yes. I was trying to remember. Yes, he has been here before. So y'all be praying for them. And I know there's other people that we need to continue to pray for that maybe are sick. Uh, maybe they're struggling going through things. Because in this season right now, people are going through things. There's a lot of depression going on, amen. Um, so let's be keeping them in prayer. And uh, I'm going to pray for that in just a minute. But while I, I want us to pray first about our offerings this morning. You know what? It's, it's so amazing to me. And, and this, is, this is because of the, the family that we have here. Dave, it's, it really is. Uh, when, when COVID was going, first started, I heard over and over from pastors. As it continued on, I continued to hear over and over from pastors. And even this long, I continued to hear from pastors that, that their churches are struggling financially. 40% of the people have returned. Most of the people aren't watching online. And they're not giving to the Lord. I tell you, we haven't had any of those problems. The faithfulness of this family has continued to, to just keep us where we need to be, right? You know, we, we, we give to the Lord. It just so happens to be this church. And when we understand those things, it, it, it doesn't have, it's not an issue. It's not an issue. So I just say thank you for those that have continued to give. People are giving online that don't even attend here, you know, because they consider us home because their church isn't doing anything and they watch us every week. So we've been able to minister to people like that. And you know what? We're able to do that because of the faithfulness of the family we have. That's why we're able to continue to live stream and, and grow our stream. Can I tell you, we have people in China that watch. China, Korea. We, I could go down the list. And that's because of the finances that have continued to come in. We've continued to be able to do that. And we're, these guys up here always working on making it better and better. Like last week, we changed the, the live stream setting, uh, sound and all that. We're trying to make it better. This week, the internet's out, so we can't even test it on that side, but that's okay. Um, but it's the faithfulness. And you know what? That's people that understand what the Word of God says, and they take it seriously. So thank you. So today, we're going to bless the Lord again in our giving, and we're going to see these seeds spread around the world through live stream or whatever it is to our missionaries. We have continued to support our missionaries through this entire time. I've talked to missionaries that said that their support has tanked because churches aren't giving. We've been able to continue that, to continue that. Amen. So let's pray this morning as we give, and we're going to also pray for some needs as well, then we're going to worship. So, Father, we, we thank you as we get to come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the family you have placed in this congregation, this church. Lord, that we have been able to continue to give financially because you have blessed us. But Lord, you have blessed us because we understand the principles of sowing and reaping. We understand what your word says of bring our tithe to the storehouse. Lord, today receive these gifts that we bring and let smile down upon us. Lord, as I always ask, bless these gifts. Multiply them in the life of the user, the person that you bring it to. Multiply it in the life of the church and multiply it around the world so that we may reach more people for the glory of Jesus. Let us help those that are hurting and in need, Father, around the world, but especially right here. Lord, I pray also right now for the, for the family that is just hurting. Lord, I know with the loss of a loved one, it's always difficult. Lord, bring them comfort, Lord. And I, I pray that during this time and this season as it goes on in their life, that you will continue to comfort them and you will bring people to them 
that will bring comfort through your word and through your spirit, not just the ways of man, but comfort through your Holy Spirit, that it will minister to them and forever change them, even in this tragic time. And Lord, we give you all the glory and praise and the honor in Jesus' name. Come on, if you agree with that this morning, say amen with me. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, I'm going to try to get myself up here. Oh, yeah, here. Um, also, too, next week, we're going to be... Uh, we're going to be having prayer next week before our revival service. Every day next week. Yeah. Not tomorrow? No, it's not tomorrow. It's the week after. Week oh, ahead. okay. Sorry. Week after tomorrow. We're going to start. <laughs> See, that's why you're supposed to do this. I'm trying to get my ears off. <laughs> so week after tomorrow, we're going to start prayer every afternoon before our, revi- before our revival service. If anybody wants to come, we're going to start at 7. So, yeah, Jose was asking about it. We're going to pray again for the revival service like we did before. So, yeah. See, you do a better job. I'll just put that down. He did good. Huh? He don't have any notes. Yeah, so I'm going to be I'm going to be traveling Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday with my wife this week and next week. So we won't be there Monday and Tuesday, but we will be back on Wednesday. But the other guys were like, "Hey, can can we pray?" And I'm like, "No. Y'all know better than that." <laughs> So it'll be the week before the revival. So not so next Sunday we'll remind you again and then Monday y'all can come pray while we're not here. So pray hard. I'll be some me and Wendy will be in some meetings. Mm-hmm. So hey, and after service, don't run off because uh the deacons said they have uh an announcement they need to do as well at the end of service. So please don't run off. All right, y'all ready to try this? Yeah. Living water, we 
second verse right there it says feels like it's time to dream again anybody been having trouble making plans and dreaming yeah can I tell you that is like the most difficult thing to do right now yeah. it's like Lord how do I how do I plan a revival oh wait no I got COVID oh. how do I plan a, oh no wait I got this how do I oh we may go back to this how, can I tell you that has been the biggest hindrance here at the church for, for me and you know what I did the other day, Dave? I said, you know what? I'm going to get me a calendar and put it on my wall. Because I keep all my stuff digital. And I said, I'm going to put me a calendar on the wall. And I went up to Amazon and I said, I want a dry erase year calendar. $35. I got almost a nine-foot-long calendar. <laughs> it's a little over three feet tall. When you got a wall that big, I filled it up. And they're like, you can't see that far. So I put the numbers in. I set it at my desk. I said, I can see the whole year and see all the vacancies, and I can dream again. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I put that calendar out there because I said, Lord, I want to dream again. It's time we get back to doing things. I don't want to go back to normal. I want to get back into a rhythm where we're, we're hearing the Spirit moving, and we're doing, and we're, we just can't stay the way we were, right? Because I want to start walking around the walls again. I want to watch them fall. 
I want to watch people get healed again, but you can't touch nobody. Listen, my God is able. Don't tell me that. Problem is we've been hiding for so long. We can't hide no more, guys. We can't hide no more.
him praise this morning. Come on, give him praise this morning. Great are you, Lord. Are you, Lord? Come on. somebody and give them a spiritual high five this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. These spiritual high fives are getting old too. I'm just saying. Whoo, Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to need, no, no, the iPad. <laughs> I'm going to need that. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? And all the time, God is good. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Whew. You know, sometimes, I can't say sometimes, a lot of times, most of the time, I don't know, somewhere in there, just really, really amazes me how we put together music that we're going to do for a Sunday. And it's like, yeah, that's the songs we need to do Sunday. Yeah. Kids ready? Okay. Y'all go. Ah. Uh, yeah, I forgot. I was getting my stuff ready. I'm, I'm zoned, man. I'm zoned. Dave, you got to remind me, man. Just, just passing them kids, them kids. Them kids. <laughs> you know, I told somebody one morning, I said, man, my, my mind is, is in all these grooves on a Sunday morning. And so it's like, okay, I'm focused on worship. I'm focused on that. And when I, so when I move from there, I'm shifting gears into this and say, oh, there's another gear today. <laughs> Y'all got to tell me. I forget. So, listen. Yeah, don't put that up there. Just I, I, Like I was saying, that you know, the songs that, that we sang, while we're in the middle of it singing it, I just keep hearing what it is God wants me to share today. You know, it's always interesting when it happens that way. It, and it happens a lot. But <sighs> this is something I, I think we really, really do need to talk about. <laughs> so if you look up at the screen, don't, don't click it just yet because I've got this little thing that I made for you. I worked hard on it, so don't laugh at it. Took me a while to even figure out how to do this. All right, you can go ahead. Oh. God is in control? Question mark. Is he in control? That's what we say. Now, I'll... I'll premise this or preface this, whatever the word is. I'm not much of an English major. Um, I'll tell you this before I get there. How's that? Listen, I just got to say, you know, um, I'm, I'm a graduate of Crowley, and I just don't appreciate Marksville right now. Beating them 41 to zip. I'm just being honest. I'm a graduate of Crowley High, and they beat my team 41 to zero. But I was rooting for Marksville to lose. No. I really stay out of those games, but okay. That's why my English is bad. I went to school in Crowley. 
uh, we, we live our life. We say God is in control. Hallelujah. We say all the right things. But how many times do situations arise in our life and we act like he's not in control, so we have to be in control? Because we don't like the outcome. We don't like what we're going through in the middle. That's why I kind of put that little storm thing in the back. I was trying to find a storm, but it wasn't too active. I was trying to, yeah, because it, it's cool to sit here and say God is in control when the seas are calm. But, but when the seas are rough, there's some stories like that in the Bible, and we're going to talk about them today. I really, really tried to find a picture of an aircraft carrier going through a storm. I only found one, and it wasn't really the greatest. You know, an, an aircraft carrier is, is four and a half acres, 70 feet off the water, okay? Four and a half acres. We're on three acres here. This is three acres. The top of that thing is four and a half acres, 70 feet off the water. I have been through storms on the carrier where it went down and the wave came halfway up the ship. You start questioning, is this thing going to float? You know it will, <laughs> right? You see, and that's the same thing we do is, is we get into situations and it's in those moments that we really solidify in ourselves: is God really in control? And that's, I, I want us to look at a, a couple stories today. Uh, all the scriptures are on the screen for you as well. Uh, but it, it's just the fact that I want us to look at. I believe God is 100% in control 100% of the time. There's nothing that happens anywhere that he did not allow. I don't, I'm not saying he did them. He is always, he has never left the throne. It's not going to be a vote. <laughs> Last time there was, a, there was a fight for his throne, he just kicked them out. You know, I always wonder why he just didn't destroy all of them, honestly. I, I, seriously. But I'm not going to go there. So anyway, so turn your Bibles to the book of Daniel. We're going to go back and we're going to look at some, some old stories and some new stories. And we're going to look at some of these things. We're going to start in Daniel chapter 3. Give you a moment to turn there. I, I want us to look at the, the storm in the... In, in the storm itself, and then we'll look at what they did before they got to the storm, because I think that is, is part of the key to making it through the storm. Daniel chapter 3, uh, verse 19. This is where we're looking at Daniel, and then we also got Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, as a child, my mom had this record. It was Conway Twitty's gospel. I just I always remember the picture of it. Yeah, it was Conway Twitty's gospel, and it had the picture of kind of a church in the background with, with black and gold, and, and, and it had a, a couple songs on it I just remember, you know, and, and one of them was about Shadrach, Meshach, and Band, you know, and, and the other one with Jesus was a soul, old man. Yeah, it was just, yeah, just reminded me of that. I'm sorry. Okay, Daniel chapter 3, verse 19. She also had some other records. but Then when Nebuchadnezzar, full of fury and the form of his Visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spoke and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it won't than it want to be heated. They heated it a whole bunch more. English. Okay, go to the next one. 
And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast him into the burning, fiery furnace. Come on, verse 21, let's get dead. Then these men were bound in their coats. They're hosing. That's King James, man. Ladies, they were hoes. I know. And their hats and their other garments. And they were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Verse 22, watch this. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But watch this. Here it gets good. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Oh, wait, I didn't go any further. I wanted to stop you right there. Most of us know what happens next, but I wanted to stop you. This is their storm. That's not a good storm. <laughs> so this is, you got to picture yourself. I, I need you to dream with me for a minute. Get back to your childhood days. You know, okay, picture yourself that you're in a Superman costume, uh, Wonder Woman, whatever it was, your thing when you were small. Um, yeah. Imagine you're standing here. You're all tied up, fiery furnace, and you're fixing to get thrown in. Great are you, Lord. I, I'm, I don't know if that's entering into my voice right now, in my, you know, my head. I'm like fighting, right? That, that would be our normal. That would be our normal response is not to say, Jesus, take the wheel. Maybe that one. I don't know. Uh, great are you, Lord. Forgive them for they know not what they do. See, I'm not thinking that one's coming out either right now. Right? Human nature. But our spirit man has to be stronger than our human nature so that we can overcome these things. See, there's, there lies part of the issue is, is, is our, we allow our physical man, our human nature, to overpower the very spirit that lives in us. And when circumstances come out, what it does is it shows how we've been doing, how we've been feeding ourselves. Right? It's kind of like those weightlifters that all they do is, is work on legs. They got this itty bitty body and huge legs, you know. So then they go to pick something up. Well, their legs pick it up just fine, but their hands can't get it off the ground. See, we have to work out our spiritual man so that it will be stronger than our physical man. And our physical man, we need to allow it to die. We need to fast and then pray, and that's what pushes us down. Before we get to the good stuff, I want you to flip back over to Exodus because I want to see you this, see you another See, show you another story. Man, I'm going to get my words right today, Whew, eventually. Exodus chapter 14, I want to show you another storm. Show you another storm. I, I want to show you some storms again. Then we're going to look at some, some things that brought them there. Exodus chapter 14, verse 1. Again, it's on the screen for you, or you can turn to it in your Bible. You know what Bible means, right? Basic instructions before leaving earth. Just remember that. Basic instructions. It's not, a, it's not a complicated system. It's not the advanced version. All right. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Exodus 14, 2, speaking to the children of Israel that they turn and encamp before, yeah, Piahot, whatever that is, between Migdal and the sea over against Balzaphon, before it shall ye encamp by the sea. So now they're encamping. They're putting up their tents. You got about three, four hundred thousand people, maybe a half million at best. 
They're camping. Now look at verse 3. For Pharaoh, look, look what happened. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness had shut them in. So now the Pharaoh is seeing them. They are shut in, and he knows he's got them. But look at verse 4. And I, who's I right there, will harden Pharaoh's heart that he shall follow after them, and I will be honored upon honor. Huh. Wait a minute. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart that he will follow them. Don't you think that the better way of doing things would be that he would just make Pharaoh forget about him and leave him alone? They're, they're trapped in the wilderness. You see, this is the whole part of God being in control. I wouldn't have done it this way. I wouldn't have done it this way. And I, God, will be honored upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts huh, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. Oh, there it is. And that... They did so. You see, God hardened his heart so that he could prove to the Egyptians that he was God. The most powerful army on the face of the planet at the time was the Egyptian army with their chariots, their mighty men. And here they are. They're trapped. We know the story. They're trapped up against the sea. Where are they going to go? Now, here you are standing up against the ocean with all of these people coming at you. What are you going to do? Great are you, Lord. Well, we know it didn't enter into them because we know the story of the children of Israel. It, it took them a while, like 40 years, to figure out that great are you, Lord. <laughs> it took them a while. By the time we get to Daniel further on, it was a little better, right? You see, they're trapped. What do you do? That's what I'm trying to get us to understand today. What do you do? You speak out what you've been speaking, Listen to that. You speak out and you react the way you've been speaking and the way you've been reacting. What you do in secret will come out publicly. It will. So if you've been praising God in the small things that nobody notices, when it's a big giant thing, you'll praise him there. You'll stand up and say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Not... I want to go back to Egypt because at least in Egypt, they gave us a little bit of food. Well, maybe a little bit of food, and we had to go make our own straw, and they beat us really bad. But that was better than here. You, you see the mindset. See, the enemy wants to trap our minds in the things of the past that God can't do anything. And that's what I was talking about earlier. That's what I was talking about earlier is the fact that we have got to trust God in the situations people don't see. We've got to trust God in the situations they do see because it's how we react. It proves how we're doing. Okay, so now flip back over to Daniel. We're getting there, I promise you. It's just a sword drill day. Daniel chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 24. Look at verse 24. If you got it, say amen. All right. I remember a pastor that used to say, if you, if you got it, say amen. If you don't, say oh me, and you'd hear those people say oh me. And it's just like, he wasn't asking you to really say that. Come on. you know. But it was just always funny. All right, verse 24 here of Daniel 3. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spoke and said unto the counselors, did not we cast three men bound into the middle of the fire? They answered and said unto him, king, <laughs> can you imagine? King, true, O king. Yeah, go to the next one. This is funny. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the middle of the fire, and they have not hurt 
And I love, I, I, man, I'm going to ask him about this one one day. I'm really, this, this one line right here has astonished me forever. And they have no hurt right here. And the form of the fourth is like the son of God. How did he know what he looked like? How did he know what he looked like? That's just amazing to me. But here it is. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the most. See, now he's not recognizing who God is. How did he know? Was it the fourth man in the fire or was it that they trusted him all the way in? Did they not go in kicking and streaming? Or did they walk in saying, we're going to be okay? It's kind of like that, the, the, uh, the passion of the Christ. I know this is probably some people that don't understand this. This may sound really morbid. I don't know. One of my favorite scenes of the Passion of the Christ that tears me up every single time I see it is when Jesus got to the top of Golgotha and he crawls to the cross. They did not drag him on that cross. He went because of me and you. They went in that fire because they knew. <laughs> you see, when, when we understand what our purpose is in Christ, you know what? I'm here to follow him and to serve him. It doesn't matter anymore what happens to me because I'm here to follow my God. Here it is. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the most high God, come forth and then come hither also. Yeah, I know, King James. Then they came forth out of the middle of the fire. They came forth. You know what got them here? It was way back when they were living in Israel. They followed God honestly there. Then when they were brought into captivity, when they got there, remember the beginning of the story? Go back and read it, chapter 1. We're not going to eat of the king's table. We want to eat pulse, which was kind of a vegetables, from what I've been told. We're not eating of the meat of the king's table because we're going to defile ourselves. Just because we're in bondage to a world out here that says bad is good and good is bad doesn't mean I have to eat it. I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to align myself with it. I can still say, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Right? Young ladies, you don't have to dress the way the world dresses just to make them happy. You dress what makes your Lord happy. And everything else will fall in line. Everything. They followed after God all the way through. They would not bow down to the idol. See, all of these things built up to the day that they could stand in the fire. And God delivered them and proved to the nation. Isn't that the same thing he said he was going to do with the Pharaoh? He was going to harden his heart and prove to them? Let's go back and look at it. And then I'm going to talk about some other things. Just got to build the, got to get you to understand where we're at here. Exodus 14, look at this, verse 13 and 14. Exodus 14, verse 13 and 14, watch this. And Moses said unto the people, here they are standing up against the sea. Fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. <laughs> Baby, I wanna, I, I'd be wanting to run right about there. That's my human nature. My spiritual side says, 
come on, God's going to give me the power to overtake you or he's going to kill you one. It don't matter. I don't know how he's going to do it. I can think of some ways, right? See, I'd be wanting to find out some ways. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today. (laughs) For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. Ever. And if you doubt this story of the crossing of the Red Sea, just go to the Discovery Channel. They were down there in the Red Sea doing some work one time. It's been many years now. And there's a natural land bridge right there on the bottom of the deep. It's a sand bridge. It goes across the bottom. And guess what they found on the bottom was five-spoke rims from chariots. Five-spoke was that pharaoh. Each pharaoh had different number of uh, rims, wheels, I guess not rims, but wheels on their chariots. They found them on the seafloor, littered all across, all across. If you don't believe he parted the entire ocean and it was only six inches deep, then he killed the most powerful army on the face of the planet in six inches of water. Either way, it was a miracle. (laughs) You see, God will take care of us if we will learn to trust him here. Here. But the question is, is do we really think he was in control in these situations before we knew the outcome. See, we have the privilege of reading the beginning of the story and the end of the story and everything else. We know how it's going to come out, but they were walking it day by day. Just like we do. We live every day in this world, and does it look like God, you know, with with the death of shade? Does it look like God's in control? That wife doesn't think God's in control right now. And that's why I prayed God would send people to her to help comfort her and to guide her and give her the word of God. And, and, and you know what? That way God can comfort her in ways that we can't. You see, there's all kind of things that happen in life. All kind of things that happen in life. I think it's this. Through the experiences, we learn that God is in control. And through the experiences, we learn that the scriptures are real. They're not just made up. Throw Jeremiah 11, uh, 29 up there. Watch this. Jeremiah 29, 10 through 13. See, we always want to quote Jeremiah 11. Did I put that one in there? I really don't think I did. I was looking at it saying, I don't think I put that one in there, Micah. That's okay. He's fast at that. He'll pull it up for you. It's King James also. 10 through 13. We always want to quote 11. Throw 11 up there first for me if you can. See, he's got a sword drill going up there too, but he's just click, 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 click. Look at verse 11. You got it? Jeremiah 29, 11. King James. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Look at that. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. See, we know that scripture and we like that scripture. But go back to verse 10. I bet most of you don't even know what it says. For thus saith the Lord that after 70 years of accomplished at Babylon, wait, wait a minute. He's talking about Daniel. They were taken into bondage into Babylon. And it was only after all these things, I will visit you and perform my good word towards you. Wait a minute, you mean I got 70 years of bad things? But God's in control. See, that's where you have to solidify it right here. That's where that scripture, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though I don't understand what's going on, I will trust him. 
I will visit you and perform my good word towards you and causing you to return to this place. Verse 11, watch this. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And look at verse 13, or 12, I'm sorry. Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And watch it, verse 13. And you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Can I tell you that some of those storms we go through is to get rid of some things out of our heart? Maybe those three men needed a fiery experience to get rid of some things in their life so they could be that much more holy before God and righteous. Guys, there's a lot of things we go through. A lot of things we go through. A lot of storms that we go through. But I got one more verse for you to flip over to. Flip over to Mark chapter 4. We're going to talk about a storm. This is the part where we have to get it down inside of us. See, we say we live by faith. Only faith pleases God. We live by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Well, Abram, Abraham lived by faith, walked by faith, went off to a land that God said, I will show you, not I'm going to show you, then go there. So he said, listen, I want you to get up on Highway 1 and start heading north. Where am I going? Ah, just keep going. How much gas I need to get? Just fill your tank. You'll be all right. Just, just okay. Well, how far am I? I'll tell you when you get there. <laughs> how long I got to walk? How long I got to drive? Abram did it. Just, just when you think about these things, think about the stories through the Bible. Noah built a boat when it had never rained. And guess what he told everybody? It's going to rain. I, I, only, I can only imagine that their word, they didn't even know what it was. Right? Because did they even have a word in their language that meant rain when it had never rained? But God's in control. I got to build this big boat. I wish he would have said, and don't put mosquitoes on there. But he did. I don't know. You see, there's, there's these things. There's all these things that we deal with. But look at Mark chapter 4, verse 35. We're going to start in verse 30. Uh, yeah, 35. Late that day, he said to them, let's go across to the other side. Now, this is Jesus talking. We know this story. They took him in the boat as he was. Other boats came along. A huge storm came up. Waves poured into the boat, threatening to sink it. Look at that. And Jesus was stern, ahead and pillow, sleeping. This is how we picture him sometimes when we're dying in the boat. Asleep. You know, I just thought of something I've never thought about during this story. One thing I never thought about in this story. I always, I always focus on two things. Number one, they're fishermen. They were used to the storms, and this one bothered them. You know, number two, they're waking up a carpenter to try to help them figure out what to do in a boat. When they're the professional fisherman, and he's a carpenter. Just, you know. But the thing was, you know, the one thing that I never paid attention to until right now was, it didn't matter what was going on. I had Jesus in the boat anyways. It didn't matter if he's sleeping or not. He's in the boat. Does it matter if he's even looking at me right now? He's in the boat, Dave. Do you think he's coming on for a ride when the boat's going to sink? I tell you, if the boat started to sink, he'd probably just say, hey, y'all, come on, just get, we're just going to walk across, don't worry. Or they'd get the Star Trek transporter out or something, you know. It, 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 he's in the boat. What does it matter? And Jesus was in the stern, head on his pillow, sleeping. They roused him, saying, Teacher, is it nothing to you that we're going to drown? 
We're going down. We're going to die. Go to the next verse for me. Watch this. Awake now, he told the wind to pipe down. And he said to the sea, quiet, settle down. I loved it. The wind ran out of breath. <laughs> the wind ran out of breath. The sea became smooth as glass. And then he reprimanded disciples. Why are you such cowards? Do you have any faith at all? That's the message translation. And I'm just like, cool. Can I tell you this, though? I've been in the Persian Gulf in the middle of the summertime. And as far as you could see, it was glass. There was not a ripple other than the ship. Literally, it's freaky looking. Like, like literally, as far as you can look, it was just solid smooth. It's really a weird sight to see, I'll tell you that. Go to the next one, please, sir. They were in absolute awe staggered. Who is this anyway, they asked. Wind and sea at his beck and call. There it is. Who is he anyways? Listen, the word tells me who he is. Preachers tell me who he is. People tell me who he is. But until I get it in here, who he is in my life for real, can I tell you this? It's not going to change anything. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. But until you learn to walk a life of faith that says, I know who Jesus is and he will take care of every situation, even if I don't understand what it is. See, Understanding who he is takes faith. And here's some things the Lord woke me up last night, and I wrote this down just really quickly. We submit by faith, but is it blind faith? At first it really is, isn't it? I'm trusting in a God I can't see, taste, touch, or smell to forgive me of sins. And it's almost a blind faith, or is it? It's an awkward thought, isn't it? Kind of, kind of interesting thought. But yet the word says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it means it can't be a blind faith, but physically I can't see it yet, but spiritually I know it exists. Spiritually, I know that Jesus Christ is right here with me because he's inside of me and the Holy Spirit is inside of me. But I don't always see the effects of that. And it's when we get to that point where we say, I don't need to see it. Would I love to see the effects all the time? Oh, God, yes. I'd love to see the effects of God all around me all the time, and everything would just be a bed of roses. Hallelujah, this life is so amazing. But it's not always like that. Look at this. The prophets of old, they prophesied about a Savior that they never even got to see. They were killed for prophesying about a Savior that they didn't get to lay their eyes on. Look at the prophets of old. They didn't get to see Jesus. We trust by faith with our eyes wide open and our spirits full of understanding that my God is well, well able. My God cares for me. But how can I say these things? Are they lip service or are they spiritual faith? See, I'm not faking it till I make it. I already made it. And I'm just walking in it walking in him see God backs us up time and time again all around us in his word he, he's always there he's backing us up he's taking care of us he's showing us and when we need to trust him we do so from the testimonies of others 
listen to this, from the testimonies of ourselves and the blood of Jesus. Think about that. We have the testimonies of the word. I have the testimonies of Patricia. I have the testimonies of myself. And I have the testimonies of the spirit. I'm not walking blind. I see what God's done in your life, in your life, in your life, in your life. I know what he's done in my own life. I read the stories of what he did in other people's life. Do you think I'm walking by a blind faith anymore? Can't be. Can't be. And anytime I start questioning inside, I can feel that question of, is, man, God, why are, why are you doing this? Are you still even in control? Because we all know that question pops up from time to time. All I have to do is remember what somebody else went through and how God set them free. Oh, wait, there's a scripture that says they overcame by word of the testimonies and the blood of the Lamb. Guys, I can trust God through everything. I may not like my situation, but he is still in control. He is still in control. doesn't matter. And that's where we have to get is to where we can honestly say no matter what we go through, it is well with my soul. It is well. It is well. This world is getting crazier by the day. Sometimes twice a day. Is God in control? Click on that last slide for me. Is he in control of your life, though, is the question. And when you go through the day, how many times during that day do you question it? It should be less and less and less. Less and less and less. Why? Because the more I allow my spirit to trust in God and it forces this physical body to move. Imagine, imagine Abraham and Isaac. Right? Trusting God. Trusting God no matter what happened. Moses trusting God. Noah trusting God. Look at all of the, the disciples that were martyred and killed. Trusting God. Were they blindly trusting God? No. They knew some things that we need to make sure we have in here so that no matter what we go up against in life, I know God is in control always, always, always. Listen, is that a struggle for you? Is that something that, that, that happens in your life where, where you, you struggle? We do. Look right there on the front of your bulletin. What's that scripture right there on the front of your bulletin say, Dave? Even when the storm surges. You know, generally, I don't even look at the covers of the bulletins. Nancy says, you want to see the cover? No, nah, I just put it in there. I didn't look at it till this morning. <laughs> I just love how God does these things. Even when the storm surges, God is in control, my friend. He is in control. So listen, you're here today, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I want you to come see me. I'm going to pray with you today that God would be your Lord and Savior, that you can submit yourself to him. And if you struggle, you can go ahead and play something soft. If you struggle with, with that control of, I've got my own plans for my life. I, I know I'm going to do this, this, this. If you submitted it to God and said, God, what do you want me to do? He wants the best for you. He wants you to always be happy. He wants those things. But you know what? There was things in my life I had planned out that God didn't let me do. Why? Because I'm sure they would have brought me to a place that wouldn't have been healthy. Right? I'm sure it would have brought me to a place 
that would have pulled me away from him? And that's the whole question. Are we willing to submit? So if you want prayer for, for that struggle, if you want prayer with, with salvation today, I just want you to get up and, and come up here real quick so I can pray with you. Pray for you. We'll leave these altars open for a few minutes, guys. Come on. Sing this with me this morning. Come on, just focus on him for a few minutes. listen, one of the things you also learn, like when you're singing this song, I've got a problem standing in front of me, and my eyes are focused on him. You pretty much got to get to the point where you say, hey, but you're just going to have to hold on, man. I'm, I'm busy right now. I'm worshiping my Lord. That problem just got to wait. Doesn't mean it's, it's going to go away. You see, when you're focused more on him than the problem, it doesn't mean you're not acknowledging that it's there. I'm just not putting all my energy in it. Amen. Listen, God is well able and he loves you and he has a plan for your life and it is amazing. Let him be in control. Let him be in control, guys. Let him be in control. Let me pray for you this morning. And remember, we're not going to run off. We have something going on. Father, I bless your people this morning, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word that it challenges us and your spirit that directs us and comforts us and convicts us. Lord, reveal us, reveal to us the times that we struggle with control with you. Lord, so that we can push down our flesh in those areas and, and truly allow you to be in control of every area aspect of our lives. Lord, we want to submit to you in every area of our lives. Every area, Father. We ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Hey, we're going to sign off online, guys. Y'all can bring the children back in there, and y'all be seated for just a minute. And uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off online, and they're going to bring the children back in.